the Fantasy Football Welcome to the Fantasy Football Beat, the podcast that will never let your team die in darkness. I'm Scott Allen. Hey, I'm Des Beeler. Happy to be here. We've got a lot to get today, Des. Let's start in our own backyard. The Vikings and the Redskins, Minnesota won 38-30 at FedEx Field. And Case Keenum out there looking like Fran Tarkenton. The <laughs> day that Teddy Bridgewater mm-hmm. is active for the first time in more than a year, Keenum has a career day. Four touchdowns, did throw two interceptions. In that offense, with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen doing what they're doing, I think he's a decent streaming option going forward. What say you? If he still has the job, uh, <laughs> yes, he will be a, a pretty good streaming option. I, I agree. Uh, he's been remarkably solid for the Vikings, who seem to have yeah a pretty good infrastructure in terms of talent around him, a lot of targets to throw to. I mean, Jarek McKinnon didn't really do much in this game, and yeah. yet the Vikings still like had... Very little trouble moving the ball, uh, you know. And just we're just gonna have to wait and see. I don't think they're gonna put Bridgewater in next week, based off of this game. But you know, we're in sort of a "what have you done for me lately" league, and by that sense, you could really apply it to uh, Keenum in this case because his first half he was incredible. Second right. half, yeah, kind of slipped a little bit. After you know, the first half he threw three of his touchdowns, was eleven of fourteen for one hundred and eighty-eight yards. So he threw for sort of just over hundred yards in the second half and threw two late picks, which kind of got the Redskins back into the game. So. You know, maybe they, maybe they, the Vikings take a little bit of negativity away from that. But if you look at the overall body of work today, it's hard to imagine Keenum losing his job just yet. Yeah, I don't think they can possibly make a change. I mean, after this week, they've got a huge game next week against the Rams, two seven and two teams. That'll be a real test because that Rams defense has been good. And, and, but, and the offense, geez. Of course, yeah. But uh, with Stephon Diggs, I think it's noteworthy back from injury. This was the second game back from injury. Case Keenum's two of his three biggest games of the year have come in, in the last two games for, for Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I Diggs had a good game, but I mean, the player that really pops out for the Vikings has to be Adam Thielen, right? I mean, he went right. bonkers. Eight catches for 166 yards on 12 targets. I mean, he's been the most, arguably the most consistent player in fantasy all season. He has at least five catches in every game. He hasn't really erupted like this before. He just seems to be able to, to haul in everything that's near him, very strong hands, and has really blossomed into a terrific player. So kudos to anybody who nabbed him for their fantasy teams because he's, he's been gold. And for the Redskins, Kirk Cousins wound up with a lot of fantasy points but despite not playing particularly well. 327 yards passing. The Redskins were playing from behind a lot. And then more importantly, from a fantasy perspective, two rushing touchdowns for Cousins. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That, that saved his fantasy day, which was a better day, I'd, I'd say, in, in fake football than, than in real football. You know, the other thing we saw in this game um, is that Vernon Davis, again, was really good when when Jordan Reed is out, which is, you know, as, as Redskins fans know and as fantasy owners know all too often, Vernon, Re- Vernon Davis is uh, a really solid fill-in guy. So, you know, he's that rare sort of tight end handcuff. And obviously, if you just happen to have him in, without Reed, you, you, you're loving the fact that, that Reed is ever out. We saw Crowder bounce back in this game. And then we saw an incredible touchdown catch from somebody named Maurice, Morris, Linnell Harris, who I have no idea who that is. But you follow the Redskins more closely than I do. Maybe you can tell me Called who that is. Called up from the practice squad on <laughs> Saturday. No clue who First that guy is. First time active this year. He had eight catches as a rookie last year, undrafted rookie out of Cal, an incredible one-headed catch that, that kind of got lost. It was the first touchdown of the game. 
and of course winds up 38-30 and, and the Redskins lose, but a huge catch from Harris. I, I wouldn't bother picking him up, even though he's probably yeah. not going to the practice court. Right, going to need to do a little bit more than that. And seven targets for Doxon, which is a season high, but he doesn't do a lot with them, but at least encouraging to see the, the work there. Right. Let's move on to the Saints and the Bills, and I had to refresh the box score on this one because I saw New Orleans won 47-10, to and there was a zero in the passing touchdown column for Drew Brees. What gives? Yeah, well, I sort of tried to warn people on the, on the Wednesday podcast. I had uh, Drew Brees as my buyer beware because he just hasn't really been lighting it up uh, passing-wise this whole season. And now we're, you know, we may be seeing yeah, New Orleans transform into a fully-fledged ground-oriented team. And why not when you have Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara? And then even uh, Trey Edmonds got into the action today. Nine carries for 48 yards and a touchdown. I mean, it was just that kind of game for New Orleans. Even Drew Brees ran for a yep. touchdown. I mean, they ran <laughs> only for touchdown. six rushing touchdowns. It's insane. Like, you just don't see that. That's, you know, that's like uh, college football stuff These you know that you see in uh, a whack game somewhere. Right. But, uh, yeah, you know, if, if Air Force or, or Georgia Tech is playing somebody. <laughs> yeah, the I Saints mean, have not switched to an option, triple yeah, option offense. Exactly. Like, Drew Brees not exactly running, running the option. But it's it's working for them, so and you're not going to get away from what's working. You also, if you're a Michael Thomas owner, you do like to see that he was the one guy that that's been consistently targeted, and he was again today nine catches for 117 yards. So at least Breeze did his job in that sense, feeding Thomas. For the Bills, we talked last week about how while Tyrod Taylor wound up with a lot of fantasy points in that Thursday game against the Jets, he did a lot of his damage in garbage time. He was straight garbage from the start, and <laughs> yep. this one he was uh, removed for uh, Nathan Peterman. Sean McDermott says that Tyrod Taylor is his QB going forward, and, and for good reason, but kind of concerning here, even against a, a good Saints defense, a, a very good Saints defense, 9 for 18 for Taylor. He, he struggled today. Yeah, you know, it, 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 the Saints defense has come so far that you could really almost legitimately say in this case, hey, you know, you play the Saints, you might just get shut down. I mean, they really have been excellent against the pass all season, not so good against the run, so it's disappointing to see Sean McCoy have another not great game, although, you know, he, he had 49 rushing yards on eight carries, which is terrific. They just didn't get the ball very much. They couldn't keep the Behind ball. early, too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and, and he didn't do a lot in the passing game. He did have uh, he had five targets, but only caught three for 11 yards. So, so another disappointing game for LaShawn McCoy. You saw Kevin Benjamin finally get his feet wet. Three catches for 42 yards. Charles Clay returned the lineup. Didn't do much either, but at least Taylor's getting some weapons back, and uh, you, I think you can see sort of better days ahead ahead for him. The Packers beat the Bears 23 to 16. A decent game from Brett Hundley for the Packers at quarterback, but maybe the bigger story here, depending on what you think of the the Green Bay offense and, and how valuable it is going forward is that the win came with a price. They lost not one but two running backs. Aaron Jones, the rookie, out with a with a leg injury. Ty Montgomery, I think, re-aggravating his rib injury. So they're down to another rookie, Jamal Williams out of BYU, who has talked up a lot in the preseason. Des, are you using a waiver wire claim on him this week? Oh, yeah. He'll be very high in everyone's waiver priorities, and I think you have to put in a claim on him because it's a running back who might get a big load next week. I mean, it remains to be seen how severe these injuries are. Aaron Jones reportedly may have had an MCL sprain, which is usually the kind of thing that keeps you out at least a couple of weeks. Um, and if it's obviously more severe than that, then it could be much longer. And Ty Montgomery's already been, we've seen him out of the lineup with the rib injury. It just remains to be seen how severe they are. But if, if Jamal Williams looks like he's set up for a big workload next week and he had 20 carries in this game, only took him for 67 yards, but you'll take 20 carries every time. And you're encouraged by the fact that Brett Hundley was able to move the offense. Yeah. And what was a pretty difficult assignment going to, I mean, playing at Chicago, like they've shut some teams down over there. So he did a pretty decent job in that sense. It's a different receiver every week for the Bears today. It was <laughs> former Charger, I think, Don 
Dontrell Inman with with the big day, 88 yards and a touchdown. Um, or sorry, 88 yards. Josh Bellamy caught the touchdown pass. Right, right. And a disappointing day for Jordan Howard. Owner. Yeah, and you know Jordan Howard's lack of involvement in the passing game has really been a problem for him this season. It continues to be a problem. You know, if he do, if he has a day where he doesn't get it done on the ground, like then you're just really not getting get anything. He had 15 carries, which is a fair amount, but only 54 yards, no touchdown, and then you know nothing, zero catches. I don't think he even had a pass target. And the, and the Bears running backs who do catch passes are Benny Cunningham and Tariq Cohen. They're sort of canceling each other out, so there's not a lot there. Although Cunningham, look, they, the Bears certainly thought he scored a touchdown, and then it was overturned yeah. in rather bizarre fashion, although I think it was the right call, ultimately. Inman is interesting because they just traded for him, and you look at this receiving core, and why couldn't he be the best wide receiver right away? There's no reason he shouldn't be. I mean, like I said, Josh Bellamy catched the touchdown. Right. Kendall Wright is still there. Uh, you know, I think Inman is also worth a waiver claim. I, you know, you're not going to expect 88 yards every week, but he could very he could very easily be the top wide receiver there. Detroit beat Cleveland 38 to 24. A pretty big day from Matthew Stafford, 249 yards and three touchdowns. None of them to Marvin Jones, who had a couple of huge weeks the the last two games. Only one catch for Marvin Jones in this one. Just an anomaly, kind of a, a fluke in an otherwise big offensive day for the Lions, you think? It's an anomaly, except insofar as I think this is what you kind of get with Marvin Jones. I don't, I don't think he's quite the guy that you're going to expect cons- week in, week out consistency from. And he's had, he, yeah, he had a couple of big weeks. He wasn't going full bore before that. So I think this is the kind of thing you're just going to get from a player like him. You're going to have that one lousy week, and you just have to take the L in that regard and hope the rest of your fantasy team uh, <laughs> did better. But and, you know, I thought Stafford actually probably had a, a, a dis- he threw for three touchdowns, so it's hard to say he had a disappointing day, but when you're playing the Browns at home, you might, yeah, because he only threw for 249, you might have hoped for just a little bit more from him than that. Moving on to the Titans and the Bengals, Tennessee won 24-20, to and DeMarco Murray, despite not a lot of yards on the ground, he had a big fantasy day, three total touchdowns, and two, including two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Marcus Mariota, a decent day, 264 yards, one touchdown and one interception. And we saw Mariota run with the ball, which was nice. He had 51 yards on on six carries. And that was the most rushing yards he's had this season. He'd had just 14 in his previous three games, and he'd been, you know, he'd been struggling with a, with a hamstring issue. So you'd like to think if he's back to full health and he's going to run the ball like this, he'll restore some of that fantasy value. He really had kind of lost. He'd he'd rarely been a top 12 QB scorer. In other words, he'd, he'd not been a QB one pretty much for most of the season. So he could get back to that status. Obviously, you'd like to see him throw for more than than one touchdown. And the rookie receiver, Corey Davis, for the Titans. We've talked about him a little bit the last few weeks. He was lost for much of the early part of the season with an injury, but only four catches for 48 yards, but 10 targets, possibly a sign that they're working him more into the offense for the, the remainder of the season. Yeah, that's very encouraging. 10 targets, uh, you, you like to see that easily led the team, and he, it's a reminder of, of kind of where he was at the start of the season when he seemed like he was getting a lot of targets right off the bat, and then he was out for so long with, with his own injury problems. And maybe A.J. Green for the Bengals, all he needed was a takedown from, <laughs> from Jalen Ramsey to get going. Five catches, 115 yards for Green. I'm more interested, though, maybe in what Brandon LaFell did, and maybe it's a it's a one-week wonder. Six catches for 95 yards and a touchdown. Are you, you buying anything close to that the next few weeks, Des? Uh, not really, no. I mean, the, the Tennessee like is very tough against the run and, and much less tough against the pass, so... You know, I, th- I think it was it was definitely predictable that A.J. Green would have a big game here. Mm-hmm. And it's not too shocking that an ancillary receiver for the Bengals also had a big game. Brandon LaFell, though, uh, you know, this is by far his biggest game of the season in terms of yardage. So I'm not expecting 
many more weeks like this to come. And another receiver for the Bengals uh, that's worth mentioning, only because he's not doing anything, is John Ross. And he's only worth mentioning because he was the ninth overall I'd pick forgotten. in the draft. Yeah. I mean, we talked about, you know, Corey Davis was, what, the fourth or fifth overall pick. I mean, Ross just went a couple picks after him, and he's, he's had some injury woes, and he just doesn't seem to be a, be a part of this offense, which is too bad because the Bang- Andy Dalton and the Bengals offense could certainly ne- needs a, like, a, a fast player like that. The Steelers beat the Colts 20-17, to 17, and one thing that I've come to expect more in recent weeks from a rookie, Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju. Huge week for the rookie. I mean, he, yes. he gets his driver's license this after getting <laughs> his bike back. Yep. He, he had that big game last week, and then today, 97 yards and a touchdown with the driver's license. Are you trusting him with the keys to your fantasy offense as a wide receiver, too, going forward? I mean, Not yes, in, in the overall sense of wide receiver two, yes, I, I trust him as a guy that should be plugged into lineups, whether he's a top 20, you know, however you want to define that. He may not be a top 24 receiver week in, week out. But yes, I think he's a wide receiver two in the sense of if you have him on your team, you got to plug him in your lineup at this point because he's been terrific his past couple of outings. And, and, you know, Antonio Brown was really held in check in, in this game, which is extremely disappointing against the Colts defense that was already lost Monte Davis and just seemed to be in, in a shambles over there. And it was to that end, it was also kind of a disappointing game for Ben Roethlisberger, right? And again, yeah. you have to wonder, like, can he just not get it done on the road? I mean, if he wasn't going to have a huge game here indoors with all his weapons, even Martavis Bryant kind of getting into the act, and yet he still just didn't, you know, couldn't quite put it together. And he's yet to have a big game all season. I hope listeners heeded your advice and did everything they could to unload T.Y. Hilton after his, <laughs> after his uh, performance of the season uh. last week. Two catches for 23 yards for him. The surprising performer for the Colts, though, Chester Rogers, a name that you might remember from the preseason. He was talked up a bit, not maybe in the same vein as Kenny Galladay and some of the other rookie receivers, but he was lost early with a hamstring injury. Today, the biggest game of his career, six catches for 104 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, if if you said before the game that Jacoby Brissett would would throw two different touchdown passes of at least sixty yards, you'd think you would be pretty sure T.Y. Hilton, Hilton would catch right. one of them, and yet no. And the the one Moncrief court w- caught was his only uh, reception of the day. So you know, I don't think there's much to take away for Dante Moncrief, who's been completely invisible all season. But the big, I don't know, Hilton's just been so. I mean, he's he's had an epically boomer bust season. I mean, probably the most boomer bust we've seen in ages in terms of yeah. when he's good. He's been incredible, and more often than not, though, he's been awful. Uh, the probably the bigger disappointment was Jack Doyle, two catches for nine yards. You know, you definitely were hoping for more from him after a long string of, of pretty solid performances from from Doyle in, in PPR leagues. Finally, we get to well, not finally, but <laughs> we can finally talk about this. Mm-hmm. I've been excited to talk about this all week. I'm sure you have too as a Jets fan the Ryan Fitzpatrick revenge game the Bucks beat New York 15 to 10 Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't do much it was a Mike Evans list Tampa Bay offense Doug Martin didn't do much either 20 nobody carries. did much nobody did game. much field goal kickers and defense right um what if anything stands out from the box score in this one well the first thing that stands out is what about Josh McCown's revenge <laughs> he used to be on the Bucks fair enough you know, it's much a revenge game for him as anybody although he didn't and he's been that he's been more that much more the QB of interest. Like he's been a QB one this yeah. season, really and really disappointed. I'd say in a big spot here. Did throw for two hundred sixty two yards, but just one touchdown throw. You'd hope for more against that Buccaneers pass defense. That's been pretty bad. You like that he got the ball to Robbie Anderson. So that's Again, a big takeaway. Four straight weeks. Four straight weeks with a touchdown. He's he's been extremely useful. And Austin Sferian Jenkins. As usual, got a bunch of catches, but in this case, actually converted them to respectable yardage. 67 yards is, is a season high for him. It doesn't sound like a lot, but he's been catching like five balls for 30 yards most of, most of the year. You know, on, on the uh, Tampa Bay side, I mean, 
Deshaun Jackson, you know, I guess he did what he was supposed to, right? In Mike Evans' absence, he, he, he catches six balls for 82 yards, so you like to see that. Chris Godwin, a good-looking rookie, really stepped up. Uh, but once Mike Evans comes back to the lineup, presumably in the next game, he will go back to fantasy irrelevance. The biggest story on that side to me is Cameron Brait having a second straight terrible game. And again, this is against a Jets defense that's been fairly generous to tight ends. So you wonder about that Fitzpatrick connection with Brait. And if if Fitzpatrick really isn't looking for him, then that's a major problem for Brait's fantasy relevance. Speaking of fantasy relevance slash irrelevance, Bilal Powell, he was looked at, I think, as a a pretty good play this week, even though he's been disappointing this year with, with Matt Forte inactive. 10 carries for 30 yards. The one big game he had this year, he was on my bench. I was a, a big believer in Bilal Powell. You can't trust Bilal I held Powell. on to him. I'm ready to drop him. The next time right. I'm in a pinch and need a running back, you know, we only have one more bye week, thankfully. Uh, the next time I'm in a pinch, though, I'm going with a guy like James Conner or some third string. I'm going to get the third string running back from the Saints. I've already forgotten his name. Yeah. But he's more likely oh, to yeah, put up points something than or other. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. It's it's very weird with Bilal Powell. Every time it seems like he's set up for success, the Jets just choose not to use him nearly as much as anyone thinks they should. It's very odd. I mean, 10 carries isn't nothing, but, you know, just, and he had six looks in the passing game. So I guess, you know, he had 16 opportunities, uh, 12 touches, but. Yeah, instead of just giving him the massive amount of work, they were, they gave Elijah McGuire nearly the same amount of work. McGuire doesn't do a whole lot either. But yeah, Powell, you know, if if, if Forte is not there, then I guess they're just going to ha- have him split the work with McGuire. Yeah, very untrustworthy, unfortunately. That's a lot of Bucks Jets talk for uh, for a game that didn't feature many fantasy points. There weren't too many in this one either. The Jaguars beat the Chargers twenty to seventeen, kind of a wild game that ended in overtime. The, the line that immediately jumps out at me, Des, Leonard Fournette returning from his one-game suspension, I thought he would have a, a pretty decent day. 17 carries for 33 yards. But I ask you, and I know which line is more noteworthy for today because nobody owned this other guy I'm going to talk about, but mm-hmm. for the final few games of the season, which is more noteworthy? Leonard Fournette, 17 carries for 33 yards, or Chargers backup or second-string running back Austin Eckler <laughs> with Two touchdowns, five catches, seventy-seven yards receiving. Yeah, I, I would. It's a tough one because Eckler could just as easily return to obscurity, especially after he lost a crucial fumble late in this game. Uh, but yeah, he completely outplayed Melvin Gordon. So I'd say that is more of the story here because I think we can expect Fournette to return to form. I think this was a unusually bad day for him, and we can we can expect better things from him. To me, you know, and and I, I'm going to beat the drum on Melvin Gordon again. He's just not very good. Volume. And his whole, exactly. Volume, volume, volume. Volume king. End zone trips are everything for him. You know, he, he had, uh, what, eight targets in this game, caught five balls, and only turned it into 15 yards. I mean, that's hard to do, even yeah. if, you know, there's swing passes out of the backfield. Uh, Eckler was, was much more efficient, caught all five of his targets for 77 yards, two touchdowns, ran the ball 10 times for 42 yards. Well, I mean, he just thoroughly outplayed Melvin Gordon here. And Gordon's had, you know, been nicked up along the way, been extremely inefficient on the ground. You would think that the Chargers, who are scraping along here, might want to give Eckler a little bit more work and overlook that fumble to some degree. We mentioned the Rams offense a little bit earlier. The Sean McVay train continued to chug along in Los Angeles. They pounded the Texans 33-7. to Huge day from Jared Goff, 355 yards and three touchdowns. And the big story here, maybe, Robert Woods continues to separate himself from the other receivers there. I think he want, he's the guy that you want to own. Yes. He's got the home run threat of Sammy Watkins, and he's got the the volume, the kind of the possession receiver of Cooper Cup. He's the best of both worlds. Yeah. Two touchdowns today. Yes, he has, he has two touchdowns today. He had t- two touchdowns the previous week. 
Before that, he'd had at least 59 yards in five of six games, thereby sort of establishing himself as a very safe wide receiver three. But now you have to like definitely include him in the wide receiver two conversation. I don't think he's going to go off for two touchdowns every week or catch 94-yard passes. But right. you know he is getting it done in that offense. And what we're seeing is that this is an offense that can really move the ball. Goff is so vastly improved over where he was last year. And as you said, Woods is clearly the, the number one wide receiver there. I mean, Sammy Watkins, it's nice that he got in the end zone, but he only had three targets. Cooper Cup is also basically a very t- t- touchdown-dependent player. He's good in PPR, yeah. but... He, you know, both those guys are, are, you just hope they make an end zone trip. So, yeah, Woods has really separated himself. Todd Gurley didn't get into the end zone, but he finished with 136 total yards and six catches, which will do. And Tom Savage, his number's too embarrassing <laughs> to, to mention. Lamar Not. Miller struggled as well. But at least DeAndre Hopkins got over 100 yards somehow. Well, Miller, I mean, he was good. They just didn't give him the ball enough. He had 11 carries for 60 yards, caught his one target for 14 yards. I mean, you'll take that. And he finished the first half with 78 total yards. So that's great. And then he kind of lost a couple yards early in the second half, and that was it. And then Bill O'Brien, Coach Bill O'Brien, goes to Alfred Blue for whatever reason for a couple drives. I mean, they just basically took Miller. had a few more carries. This is this is before things got completely out of hand. Like Miller just stopped being a part of the offense. So extremely frustrating. frustrating. Yeah, hugely frustrating day for his owners. Tom Savage again. The one thing he is doing is locking onto DeAndre Hopkins. So you like to see that. Will Fuller's fantasy value has, has completely fallen off a cliff. But Hopkins is very, very playable because he's getting a ton of targets from Savage, who occasionally can throw a decent pass. A lot to talk about in the Falcons' 27-7 win over the Cowboys. Devontae Freeman left after uh, suffering a concussion on his second carry, or last week, if you believe, linebacker Thomas (laughs) Davis. We'll, We'll get to that. But we also maybe got some clarity on what the Cowboys plan to do without Ezekiel Elliott, who began serving his six game suspension today, finally. The offense didn't look good, but Alfred Morris was the lead dog. 11 carries, that's not a lot. They kind of trailed. They were they were throwing a bit in this one. But Rod Smith and Darren, Darren McFadden only had one carry each until late in the game. Rod Smith wound up with three. And Morris was decent, Des, 11 carries for 53 yards. I, I don't think he did anything to, to lose that lead dog role going forward. No, but it, it, exactly. He's clearly the lead uh, running back with the emphasis on running because he had no targets in the passing game, and that's True. a problem. That's very much unlike Ezekiel Elliott, who remains in the field in all situations, and if the Cowboys fall behind like they did in this game, Zeke will get passes thrown to him. Alfred Morris apparently not. And Rod Smith, it was reported he would be more involved in the passing game. He was. He had six targets. So really, you know, with Morris, you just hope that the Cowboys can get and maintain a lead because then he will get the ball, and he looked very good while he was carrying it, and Darren McFadden clearly not a thing at all. Yep. And Tevin Coleman got a little more work than usual with Devontae Freeman going out so early. 20 carries for 83 yards and a touchdown for him. He's a guy who is so – I've, I've certainly used him in my flex position even when Freeman is healthy. Freeman hasn't had a huge year um, this season. But something to watch with uh, – if he misses next week in the concussion protocol, Tevin Coleman could be a, a big name to – to start. No, absolutely. Coleman will be very much worth a start. As you said, he's he's already kind of in the flex conversation because he tends to get between eight and twelve touches a game. And you know, the Falcons offense hasn't been nearly as prolific as last year, where you know, ten touches in the Falcons offense last year would have been a sure thing for fantasy. It's been a little little spottier this year, and he did well enough with his twenty carries, ran for eighty-three yards, wasn't involved in the passing offense, which is a little bit unfortunate. And unlike Devontae Freeman, who may have suffered a concussion last week, that's what Panthers uh, linebacker Thomas Davis claimed, although then he deleted his tweet. So <laughs> I think he's 
backtracking a big time from from that position. Uh, otherwise, we saw another disappointing game from Julio Jones. So I don't know. I mean, he got eight targets, which you like, which you it's it's okay. Yeah. Although I don't know why he doesn't get double digit targets every week, and I don't know why they don't feature him in the end zone. But yep. it continues to this day. Austin Hooper was featured in the end zone and came away with a touchdown for his efforts. Austin Hooper and Justin Hardy. I mean, it's just <laughs> yeah, it, it drives Jones owners nuts. Give it up for the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, off the Schneid, yes. they get to one and nine and drop the New York Giants to one and eight and maybe cost Ben McAdoo his job. We'll see. But the 49ers winning in Santa Clara 31 to 21. And CJ Beathard looked like an NFL quarterback today. Yeah, I think the lesson here is you start everyone against the Giants. I think they are just, <laughs> in theory, they should have a good defense. They've got a good defensive line, in theory. They've got a good secondary, in theory. Okay, linebackers. I mean, but boy, oh boy, I think they are just mailing it in. I think McAdoo is, is a dead coach walking. Beathard accounts for three total touchdowns here. And, you know, and definitely if you have a tight end up against the Giants, start him, start every him, start time. him. They've given up a touchdown to a tight end in every single game this year and uh, 10 straight overall, which is just insane. So even a guy like Garrett Selleck, man, if he's the starting tight end, you play him. He came through four catches for 67 yards. I played Marquise Goodwin in one league. So wow, 83-yard touchdown catch. Yep, one target. And, you know, you can't do better than 83-yard touchdown. On the, no, he had two targets, I guess. We caught one ball for 83 yards. you got to like that. Carlos Hyde had a big day. I mean, just Lewis Murphy got in the act. He had 48 <laughs> yards receiving. You know, just start everybody who's credible against the Giants. And a, while a lot of it came in garbage time, it all counts the same. A, a pretty big day from Sterling Shepard for the Giants, 11 catches for 142 yards. And I'm beginning to sound like a broken record with Evan Ingram. Of course, he found the end zone again. Yep. That's a touchdown in four straight for the rookie tight end. Yeah, I mean, I think Ingram and Shepard are going to be sure things down the stretch. There's no reason they won't get peppered with targets. Ingram didn't do a lot yardage-wise, but he had nine targets here. Shepard a whopping 13 targets. You love that in PPR. There's no reason to think that won't continue week in, week out. And, yeah, I mean, Eli Manning, you know, kind of racked it up in garbage time, but you'll absolutely take that. Orleans Darker was sort of the victim because he ran really well. Again, 14 carries for 70 yards and should have gotten the ball more, but the Giants were in catch-up mode, so that, you know, limited the kind of day he had. But you like to see his dominance there. He's clearly the, the main running back for a team that, when it wants to, can run the ball these days. Let's touch briefly on the Seahawks' win over the Cardinals on Thursday night, a 22-16 to win in the desert. Russell Wilson Two touchdowns, both of them to Jimmy Graham. Doug Baldwin came up just short of the end zone on on what would have put his day over the top. Yep. Five catches. It was for an incredible play, regardless. Yeah, the whirling around, two spins around for Wilson and, and, and finding Baldwin down the sideline. And then for the Cardinals, Adrian Peterson. We've seen up, down, up, down. He ran into a tough defense. But even so, 21 carries for 29 yards was pretty ugly. Maybe the short week and the 39 carries the previous Sunday had something to do with it? You'd hope it had something to do with it, thus uh, there being an excuse for it. I mean, it was only the seventh time in NFL history that a player had more than 20 carries and less than 30 less than 30 yards. He also lost a fumble on the Cardinals' first play of the game and then was tackled for a safety later. So it was just a disaster for Adrian Peterson. But as you mentioned, he's an older guy. It was a short week. He'd set a record for carries for someone his age the week before. Uh, so now he's got 10 days rest. You, you hope maybe that results in better things for him. You know, we talked about... Uh, Tom Savage doing his one job of getting the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. The same goes for Drew Stanton. He's he's throwing the ball to Larry Fitzgerald. That's all you yep. can ask of him. I mean, if you're a John Brown owner, uh, you know, too bad. You, you can't play in these days. But Larry Fitzgerald, 14 targets, 10 catches, 113 yards. So you got to like that. And uh, Jermaine Gresham may have caught Drew Stanton's eye. He's been a bit of an interesting player. He has touchdowns in two straight weeks. Stanton seems to like to look for him over the middle. Uh, he could have actually had another touchdown in this game. So kind of a tight end of interest if you're hurting at that position. 
And with that, a reminder to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. While you are there, we'd appreciate it if you left us a review, good or bad, preferably good. You can always check out our fantasy football content on WashingtonPost.com and reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at Scott S. Allen. I'm at Des Beeler. Get those waiver claims in.